When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Aloha means both farewell and greetings. And Hawaii bids farewell to 40 years of frustration and failure in attempts to win statehood and joyously greets its new status as a full-fledged member of the Union, its 50th state. It's a banner occasion for the islands which will rank as the 47th state in area, midway between New Jersey and Connecticut. The United States border is now within 3,900 miles of Tokyo, land of the hola of sugarcane and pineapple with its polyglot population brings a colorful culture as its heritage and contribution. Perhaps most important of all, Hawaiian statehood gives the lie to communist charges of American colonialism. The big day was a long time in coming, which means that much more to celebrate. Access America. This is your history. This is your this country. Is your this, country. Is this is America. Join us in listening to some of history's America's best speeches. Created by Jarcodes Productions. Go back in time, back with, in us time with us right now, right now. on Public, Public Access, Access America. Swift modern planes have made a lake of more than 2,000 miles of the Pacific Ocean. By jet, only four or five hours separate the volcanic shores of the 50th member of the Union from the mainland of the United States. In the air age, San Francisco is a neighbor of the mid-Pacific city of Honolulu. On a map, the Hawaiian Islands are tiny dots, distant from everywhere. Yet they have attracted people from everywhere. There are 20 islands in the group, but only eight are inhabited, large enough to show on this map. 
In Hawaiian, Honolulu means sheltered bay. The city affords excellent harbor on Oahu, the third largest of the islands. Large modern vessels that ply the Trans-Pacific Highway call here. 1,500 years ago, the first people came to the islands in rafts or tiny boats. They came from Asia and Polynesia, the nomads of the sea, looking for a new place to live. That is how the story of Hawaii began. In 1958, Honolulu dock workers unloaded more than three million tons of cargo from around the world for the people of Hawaii. Construction material, machinery, automobiles, household appliances, clothing. Though the 50th state has an agricultural economy, much of the food consumed by the islanders comes from across the sea. Half the people of all the islands live in Honolulu. Though far from the mainland, the streets of the mid-Pacific city are typically American. Many families live in two-story apartment houses, garden apartments, and they shop at self-service supermarkets, familiar sights in most large American cities. But the 50th state adds something new to the heritage of the United States. King Kamehameha becomes part of American history. He united the tribes of the islands 150 years ago. He welcomed settlers and new ideas from east and west. Today, the city of Honolulu is administered by an elected mayor and a board of supervisors. Four members are of Japanese descent, one of Chinese, one of European. Tracing his family to the very first settlers is Mr. Kauhane. Duke Kahanamoku is also Hawaiian. He served as sheriff in Honolulu for many years. You may have heard of Duke Kahanamoku. He starred as a swimmer at the Olympics of 1912, 1920, and 1924. The post office is a busy place in Honolulu. With so many people with relatives in so many lands, there is much mail to be delivered. George Hara, the postmaster, is of Japanese descent. The seat of the state government is at Iolani Palace. In May 1959, the territorial legislature met for the last time. In preparation for full statehood, a 25-member Senate and a 51-member House of Representatives had been established to represent a cross-section of opinion of all the people of the islands. Hawaii's first representative to the United States Congress, Daniel Enoye, and one of her two senators, Hiram Fung, sat in this legislative body with men named Cravalho, Esposito, Trask, Takahashi, and Kauhane. The names recall many lands, but all these men are Americans. Aviation has helped Hawaii come of age. The islands are spread out over 400 miles of ocean. Four airlines and 13 airports have almost eliminated distance between islands. With the stewardess, we can point out some of the features of Hawaii, like the pineapple industry. To most Americans, Hawaii and pineapples have become almost synonymous. Americans themselves introduced the fruit here 50 years ago. Today, 15,000 men and women are employed in Hawaii's pineapple fields and factories. 
Most of the crop is canned for export. Poultry raising is a secondary industry. Shigeto Miyashita has nine acres of land on which she keeps 20,000 friars and 2,000 layers. Two hired hands help him run the farm. His wife grades and packs the eggs for market while their son watches. Soon, he too will be helping. The cattle and dairy industries of the islands are growing. Livestock farmers keep pace with all the newest techniques in animal husbandry. Irrigation canals lace the fields of sugar cane, Hawaii's most important crop. When the cane is ripe, the field is set afire. The tangleweeds burn, but not the stalks full of sweet juice. The ground is level enough for tractors to harvest the crop. Hawaiians also grow coffee, nuts, rice, sisal, bananas, and other agricultural products. But sugarcane is their major crop, and refined sugar their major export. A flight over the islands offers some spectacular views. The stewardess points out the smallest of the islands, Molokini. Of course, it is uninhabited. The pilot takes the plane past Mauna Kea. Measured from its base at the bottom of the sea, it would be the world's tallest mountain, almost six miles high. The ocean itself provides splendid and ever-changing scenery, a perfect setting for all water sports at which Hawaiians excel. The trade winds keep the temperatures mild. The sun and the cool breezes encourage all sports. Dr. Richard Yu, whose ancestors came to Hawaii from Korea, can be seen among youngsters at the athletic fields in Honolulu. His interest in sports and good health go well together. He has helped train many weightlifters and long-distance runners. Now he wants to help women athletes in track and field events. With the coach of the University of Hawaii, Moses Ome, he watches trials to pick his state's representatives to the national women's athletic meet. One day, one of these girls may add to the list of Hawaiians who hold Olympic medals. So richly endowed by nature, it is little wonder that the people of Hawaii are deeply religious. There are many Buddhists as well as Christians on the islands. Religious services are conducted in Korean, Japanese, and Tagalog of the Philippines, as well as in English. The 50th state provides free education for 130,000 children, almost a quarter of the population of the islands. Out of Hawaii schools will come her future doctors and farmers and technicians, tomorrow's lawmakers and citizens. Those who complete high school can go on to one of five colleges on the islands. The University of Hawaii was founded seven years after the islanders voted to become territorials of the United States in 1900. Today, it has an enrollment of 7,000 students, 
Its large library has books on every subject in many languages. The Oriental collection is particularly large. This far western state of the United States has firm roots in the Far East. The newspaper Hawaii Hochi can be turned from both sides. It is printed in Chinese and in English. Lecturers from anywhere in the world find attentive and respectful audiences at the University of Hawaii. In the 50th state, east and west and distance have been reduced to words with little meaning. Statehood does not change Hawaii as much as it changes the United States. Differences of race, religion, and culture are enrichments for all Americans. It is possible that someday a president of the United States will call Hawaii his home. Perhaps he is among the students at the university. Like those adventurers who first found the Hawaiian shores 1,500 years ago, these young Hawaiians can look forward to unlimited opportunities. Hey, Petey, have you heard about this new podcast, Public Access America? You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Player FM, TuneIn Radio, and even the Stitcher Smart Radio app. It's so cool. Not good enough. But are you a German spy? Because that sounds like technology. It's like that new thing, the radio, or a newspaper for your ears. You can even follow their production company, Jar Codes, on Twitter or Facebook and find all new episodes posted every day. Oh, that's cool. I don't care nothing about no planes, but I gotta hear the latest episode of Public Access America now. Oh, watch the bomb. You can even go to their YouTube channel at Public Access America and find great videos from It's so cool. Go check out Public Access America. Pele, the goddess of fire, was important to the Hawaiian people because their homelands were born of fire. The lands on which they lived began as sub-oceanic volcanoes, spreading out on the ocean floor, spiraling thousands of feet upward, and finally breaking the ocean's surface to become islands. The Hawaiian Islands are actually a chain of volcanic islands stretching 1,500 miles across the Pacific Ocean. The largest and youngest is the island of Hawaii, which has mountain peaks reaching over 13,000 feet above sea level. Most of the islands in the chain, however, are older and have been eroded back to sea level by the powerful winds and waves of the Pacific. These low-lying islands are called atolls. The island of Oahu was formed by two massive volcanoes, which are the backbones of the island's two mountain ranges, the Waianae and the Ko'ulau. Erosion caused a broad valley to form between these two mountain ranges. Valley streams carrying rainwater to the sea converged to form an inland bay or lagoon. This clover-shaped lagoon would be important to man over the centuries for many different reasons. When did humans first find these islands and where did they come from? Archaeologists believe these islands were first inhabited approximately 1,500 years ago. In terms of world history, this was not a long time ago. People first arrived on these islands about the time of the fall of the Roman Empire or Europe's entry into the Dark Ages. 
Hawaii's first inhabitants were Polynesians, who had migrated northward from Tahiti and the Marquesas Islands. These were bold seafaring people who had developed their navigational skills through centuries of using the sky, stars, seasonal winds, and sea currents to sail throughout the South Pacific Islands. These ancient mariners had developed double-hulled sailing canoes measuring up to 80 to 100 feet in length. These canoes could carry the people, livestock, and plants required to establish island colonies. Hawaii marked the northern extent of this Polynesian culture. The ancient Hawaiians developed an elaborate civilization consisting of ruling chiefs, priests, and commoners. They developed sophisticated agricultural and aquacultural systems, and because of the extensive knowledge of the sea, were excellent fishermen. On the island of Oahu, the bounty of the sea was contained in the lagoon on its southern shore, called Pu'uloa. It was said that these warm, shallow waters, teeming with fish and containing vast beds of shellfish, were patrolled by a powerful shark goddess. One of the many shellfish in Pu'uloa was an oyster that produced small pearls of irregular shape and color. These were not valued by the native Hawaiians, but later, foreigners would be intrigued by their occurrence, and the lagoon would forever be known as Pearl Harbor. In ancient Hawaii, fish ponds lined most of Pu'uloa's shoreline. These were ingenious mechanisms for trapping, raising, and ultimately harvesting fish for the ruling chiefs. They were constructed by extending a rock wall into the lagoon that connected two points of land and isolated a portion of the lagoon. The ponds ranged in size from a few acres to over 200 acres. One or more slatted gates were built into the wall, allowing nutrient-rich tidal water to enter the fish ponds, but keeping the larger fish inside. Remnants of over 27 fish ponds have been identified along the shores of Pearl Harbor. The first contact between Hawaii and the European world took place when British explorer Captain James Cook encountered the islands in 1778. He named these lands the Sandwich Islands in honor of Britain's Earl of Sandwich. The following year, while exploring the islands more thoroughly, Captain Cook was welcomed as a returning god by the Hawaiians. After a few weeks on the islands, relations between Cook's crew and the natives became strained, and he was killed in a bitter dispute over some stolen property. After the death of Captain Cook, explorers from many countries showed interest in the islands. But because Hawaii was near the western shores of the United States, American presence became dominant. In the early 1800s, hundreds of ships and thousands of sailors from New England were drawn to the lucrative Pacific whaling industry off the islands of Oahu and Maui. Soon, the subtropical climate, tillable lands, and abundance of fresh water on Oahu were recognized as being ideal for agricultural purposes. Along with the native sugarcane, pineapples were introduced to the island, followed by coffee. By the mid-1800s, plantation agriculture was the backbone of the Hawaiian economy, and the plantation owners were a powerful political force. It was during this period of time that many immigrant workers from East Asia came to the islands, followed later by immigrants from Puerto Rico, Portugal, and other countries. 
these planters pressured the Hawaiian monarchy to obtain a trade treaty with the United States, giving them access to growing cities along the West Coast and a duty-free, tax-free status. The U.S. government, of course, wanted something in return for this treaty. And in time, discussions centered on securing exclusive rights to Pearl Harbor as a refueling station for its naval operations. This was not a popular idea in Hawaii, but eventually, in 1887, a reciprocity treaty was signed, yielding Pearl Harbor to the United States. In 1893, the monarchy was overthrown, largely by commercial interests in the islands, and the Republic of Hawaii was formed. After winning the Spanish-American War of 1898, U.S. interests in the Pacific grew. It had acquired the territories of the Philippines and Guam from Spain, thereby possessing a direct access to Asia. Pearl Harbor suddenly became a strategic military port in the Pacific to support this Asian activity. Later that same year, the United States annexed Hawaii as a territory. In the next few years, the U.S. Navy began transforming Pearl Harbor from a quiet inland bay into a world-class naval base. In 1902, this process began with the dredging of the harbor, followed by the initial construction of shipyards. Over the next 30 years, continual construction expanded the shipyards, adding dry docks, berthing areas, hangars, airfields, and a submarine base, until Pearl Harbor had become the United States' foremost offshore military installation. <laughs> 